What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. story man and uh you know i think a lot of people are going to resonate with i mean dude it's like this is struggle with strength you know yeah, like i, I right. read your story and i was like this is this is what the podcast is about you know oh, i appreciate um, that man so I'm, I'm really i'm curious to hear kind of like a little bit more about you about what you've been through about how you came through it because i think a lot of people they fall into this i'm sure you know they fall into this sort of uh self-talk of like dude you know shit's been tough shit's always going to be tough and it's hard to pull yourself out of it but man if you can pull yourself out of it, i think that's like the strongest thing anybody can do that's the most impressive shit yeah man yeah. I, I definitely get that um and listen at the same time like you know i still struggle too so i don't want it to seem like uh, i figured it out oh, yeah. once and it was it was all over i'm actually in a struggle right this moment um for the past few weeks just been going through it but that's a part of life right and mm -hmm. I, I think the beautiful thing is especially when you get to a point where you're not scared to ask for help because i thought especially as a guy um and i know you know you gentlemen may, might be able to resonate with this just like as a guy i thought i had to figure it out all by myself and yep. me figuring it out everything by myself really resulted in just a lot of fucking suppression. And I apologize if I can't curse, just let no, me know. No, but um, yeah, no, I'll go. Cur all good. Curse away. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think I just suppressed a lot, dude. I suppressed a lot. And then it got to a point um, actually not too long ago where I was just like, you know what? I need help. You know, I, I needed to ask for help. And that's when shit really started to change. So um yeah, it's powerful. There's obviously ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys to this shit. It's not, uh, and you can choose to be on a roller coaster that's flat, right? Like a little kitty coaster. Like you could do that and to each their own. But I mean, my roller coaster definitely ain't like that. It's like a combination of fucking King Ka and uh, every other tall coaster in the fucking, in the States. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you, you do raise a good point though. Like, like you can go through it and we're all going to, you know, like that shit never ends. Um, but I think especially as men, you know, we've had quite a few men on, on our podcast that, that have kind of mentioned this and we've had similar stories and, and, and similar sort of concepts that we've talked about that basically like, dude, we were told to just fucking man up yeah. and like figure it out. And at this point, like I'm a coach, I have coaches and I'm like, why would I want to try to figure something out for myself when I can just ask someone who's done it to help me? And now I'm like, well, shit, dude, I got a fitness coach. I got a finance coach. I got a business coach. I got a mental health coach. You're like, why wouldn't I do that? And now looking back, I'm like, dude, I was just fucking stubborn. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Sometimes, no, I definitely get that. Sometimes it just takes a while to like, to, to really realize that. So it's, I always find it interesting when I like start something new and I'm just like, fuck, why was I not doing that before? Like, it seems so <laughs> obvious, you know, it's like, there's no reason why it's just like years of me, like dealing with something f that is like stupid. And then, you know, yeah, you go find somebody, start working with somebody, whatever. And you're just like, why was I not doing this before? Cause there is, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure, not just to like man up and, you know, figure it out for yourself and, and take care of yourself, but also the people around you whether that's your friends or your family, you know, there's, there is kind of like a baked in feeling that you need to provide. I don't know if that's a society thing or a genetic thing or what, but, um, it, it you know, it can be a lot of pressure. And then when you kind of realize that, like, you don't have to do that alone, that there's lots of, whether, you know, whether it is like a, a coach or a therapist, or even just like your friends, you know, talking to your friends mm -hmm. about this stuff and seeing which one of your friends can, can help you. Like, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird, like, it's weird that it feels like you, that, that that's not an option when it so is like so readily available. Like everybody wants to talk about this stuff, but like, so I think as guys, like a lot of times we do, they just, we just don't. Right. Trav, I actually want to hit on something that you, you touched on real quick. Um, you mentioned like, you, you said to yourself, why wasn't I doing this? And I, I actually want to try and answer that um, for me at least. And I don't know if you gentlemen can resonate with this, but First and foremost, we all have the answers within us. And that's without a doubt. I don't mean to get spiritual woo-woo here, but that's just the God's honest truth. Like I'm with we, you, man. Yeah, we we all have those answers within us. They might be covered up, but here's the thing. We might know what we need to do, but we don't want to do it for numerous reasons. Number one, we might not think we're worth the result that will come from it. 
which is a really fucking deep topic that, you know, goes to self-worth, self-esteem, inner child stuff. Um, and also, dude, it could be uncomfortable doing it, right? So whether that's in business, whether that's in the personal stuff, uh, in business, you might know like, hey, like this will take me from 500,000 to a million this year. Um, and you might say to yourself, well, shit, like I can make a million dollars, but am I worth a million dollars? Like, do I feel like deep down inside of me, I'm worth this? Or on the flip side, I'll use a personal example. I was dating a girl in 2020, beautiful girl, still love her to this day, but she was extremely toxic toward me, uh, extremely abusive toward me. And I knew that I needed to let it go. It was the hardest thing to let go. In fact, I didn't let it go for almost another six plus months, but it took me to have a conversation with my therapist to say like, hey, Matt, like this really isn't going well for you. Do you not see that? And I did see it, but I didn't want to make that decision because it was really comfortable. That's what I thought love was. And dude, I, I think that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, sometimes we have those answers inside us. And that's why I think it's important, you know, to have other perspectives, to, to seek out therapy, to seek out other perspectives from other people. And honestly, you know, we've, we've had, we've had alternative methods of, of therapy that we've talked about on this podcast, psychedelic assisted therapy and whatnot that I believe in. Like, dude, sometimes you just need someone to ask you the right fucking question. Cause like, you know, the answer, but you know, that like, you know, that you're supposed to answer in a, in the way or ask it to yourself in a certain way, but you don't want to. And like, sometimes you just got to see somebody who can like show you and, and put it right in front of you. Yeah. I think there is like a kind of a misunderstanding around a lot of this stuff. Like people think that, all right, let's say I'm going to pay a thousand dollars or $2,000 to join like a mastermind group. And you think like, okay, I'm doing that because they're going to give me the keys to figure out exactly how to do this. I'm going to have this big epiphany moment. um, And it's something that they're going to give to me. And then, you know, I'm going to be doing things differently. Um, And I think a lot of people give up on these things like, you know, therapy or these, these groups because they don't see that happening um, when they don't realize that a lot of it is like, stuff that you really already knew (laughs) and you're not maybe even learning anything new, but it's just a a framework or you're actually like shining a light on this thing that you did already know for a lot of people, they probably are learning a lot of, a lot of new things. But if you are kind of an introspective person who does think about these things and you, and you still don't know the answer, it's like, you might really know it. You just need this one conversation with this person to kind of shine a light on that thing so that you can actually start doing it. You know, just cause you like know something doesn't mean you're actually doing it. Education doesn't necessarily lead to the, you know, success without you really like doing the right things. A hundred percent. I think my experience with therapy in particular, I've never done psychedelics, but um, with therapy in particular, it hasn't necessarily been learning. It's more about uncovering kind of what you were just saying, Travis, like it's like peeling back the layers of the onion little by little. And I know people have talked to me about their psychedelic trips and all of that good stuff um, and said the same thing, right? It's just a process of unmasking. And I think that's what my experience has been like realizing like, Hey dude, you're not this fucking egotistical uh, hotty toddy that I was in my early twenties. That was just all to cover up the pain that I was experiencing. Right. Like that was my way of trying to fit in. That was um, whatever it was. Right. But it's also also a little bit of a New York thing, right? There's kind of like that New York. dude, You're coming at us New Yorkers. (laughs) So it's a little, it's no, it it is kind of like a style there a little bit. So there's a little bit of an environmental uh, influence. I feel like I think, I think East coast people are hard. Yeah, exactly. So here's, here's the thing, right? If, If you're a male in New York city, you're pretty much not bagging at a club, taking a girl home at a club, Um, first of all, if you're not at certain clubs, let's just put that out there. And to get into these certain clubs, you're either spending X amount of dollars. You're either connected in some way, shape or form. Um, and then beyond that, dude, you're, you're also, you're not, and obviously, you know, this is probably why you're going out. Maybe you're going out to celebrate a friend's birth, whatever the case is, but like, you know, you're on the hunt potentially. And I think that's where I was getting it from was the need to fit in, to feel validated, to be, and not just for women, but you know, to also look a certain way towards my peers that are men. Yep. Um, you know, you needed to drive a certain car. You needed to make a certain amount of money. You needed to do X, Y, Z just to kind of fit a bill. 
And uh, I, I see a lot of people still in that, man. You know that? Mm-hmm. So I, I do agree to an extent that New York is kind of like that. Uh, and I think a lot of major cities are, uh, dude. Yeah. Miami is definitely like that. Miami, LA. Yeah. Miami, I, I lived in sure. LA for years. And it's, the exact, it's the exact same thing. It's just a different, yeah. a different style of it. It's like people spending $4,000 on their outfit to make them look like they spent $0 on their outfit. Like that's the yep. LA style, you know what I mean? But it's the same. <laughs> it's all just different sides of the same coin. <laughs> it's crazy. Now I appreciate the way this conversation started. It's, it's a good talk, man. This, this, yeah. this is the real shit. This is real Dude, shit. It is. It is. And, and, you know, when I was kind of like reading your bio, you know, I think we're probably, we have in, in some ways we have probably similar uh, upbringings. I was a fucking idiot in a lot of ways when I was a kid. And uh, you know, so I saw like you had some trouble in high school. I did too. And I'm like, fuck man, if I could go back and change it. So I, I'd like to like kind of rewind a little bit and start, almost from the beginning of like what you've been through, what you learned from it and like where you are now and how you're overcoming it in, in all these different ways. I know therapy is just a small piece of that. Absolutely. Oh, dude, very, very small piece. I mean, I'm 29 years old, obviously knock on wood, I have many more years to go. So I'm sure that there's a lot of shit to come as much as, you know, everything that I've, you know, been through um, or grown through, however you want to frame it. But yeah, man, I think ultimately, I think a lot of my upbringing and i by all means, me saying this is not shaming them whatsoever, but a lot of my upbringing really had to do with emotionally unhealed parents. Um, and what I mean by that is, again, not not to air them out. I think they did the best they could, and I'm grateful for that. I still have both of my parents in my life, which, I'm again, I'm grateful for that as well. But I know that my mom just really struggled emotionally. Uh, She lost her mom at a very young age. She was divorced from my dad. And same thing with my dad. My dad had a lot of anger. He he lost the love of his life. He got divorced. Um, He had to kind of start a new life. He was separated from his family. His family lived in a totally different state. Like, dude, like they've been through some shit, you know? And when I look at my life, I realize that at a certain point, I personally started to feel neglect. I started to feel whatever it was that made me act out in different ways. And the reason I bring this up is because that's truthfully the foundation of our adulthood and going through my educational journey. I never did good in school, but the reason I didn't do good in school was because I wanted my parents' attention and getting my parents' attention was given to me in a negative way because I'm getting letters sent home. I'm in the principal's office, you know, Hey, Mrs. Labrie or Hey, Mr. Labrie, I have your son here. He did X, Y, and Z today, you know, and obviously that resulted in some sort of, you know, being reprimanded again, another form of attention. Ultimately, that stemmed all the way throughout high school, dude. I mean, I went to high school. Um, <laughs> I didn't get accepted into high school. I'm sure you read that. And, uh, you know, I went to Catholic school, private school my entire life and didn't get accepted into any. Ultimately did for my athletic abilities. I played baseball and basketball. But, I mean, it wasn't long before I got kicked out. Uh, again, just, you know, going down that same path. And don't get me wrong. Like, as much as there's an underlying factor of um, inner child work, there's also the fact that getting in trouble was kind of fun. You know, like being the class clown was kind of fun, dude. Like, you know, doing some wild shit was really cool. Um, It was a lot better than learning Latin. I could tell you that. Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, um, you know, just fast forwarding more. I mean, I I dealt with a shit ton, dude. I tore my labor my senior year playing baseball. I never picked up a baseball again after having surgery. And that was my dream, dude. You know, I'm sure many people could say it. I'm not going to sit here and say I could have made the MLB. I know a lot of people would probably say that. Do I think I could? Yeah, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I got into uh, I got into business at 17 as well, man. Um, I got arrested at 17. So like things happened for me at such a young age and it didn't really start to shift until I was in college. And that's when things like started to escalate in a positive direction. So uh, in short, dude, it's been a roller coaster, as you guys know, and I'm sure you could resonate with as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's tough. And, and all that shit that happens to us, you mentioned like your inner child, like all that shit that happens to us when we're young, dude, once you start digging and once you start peeling back layers of the onion, you realize like that kid's still in you and that yeah. kid is still screaming in a lot of ways to get out. And every now and then I'll feel myself react to a situation a certain way. And I'm like, God damn, that's like my 15 year old self just like screaming for help. Um, and so like learning to understand when that's coming up and have control over it is one of the most important things that we need to do if we want to change the direction of our life. And like, you did that. Like you went to college, you graduated with Dean's List Honors. You're a successful entrepreneur now. Like you've completely turned that around. Did you find that you had to like 
make peace with your inner child and like, like support it in ways that it wasn't supported when you were younger? Well, that's actually what I'm doing right in this moment. Um, and mm -hmm. that's kind of why I'm going through some turbulence because that's not an easy journey, dude. dude you know, that's not hard. an easy journey. It's actually really hard to feel the emotions that come up when you start to do that work. So I'm reading a book currently called Homecoming by John Bradshaw. Um, the first 50 pages were so jam packed with information that I was like, holy shit. Right. So like I've been reprimanded through my parents screaming at me. I've been reprimanded through, you know, getting hit and, you know, spanked, whatever the case, like that's actually harming your inner child. And it, it seems so natural because my parents went to school with nuns who either reprimanded them or the children around them by hitting them. Right. So like, it's kind of a natural thing for them. Ultimately, that's the process I'm going through now. So to really answer your question, I, everything I experienced to kind of turn my ship around was just me putting my head down and fucking going forward. In fact, I was actually so numb to everything that was boiling up inside of me that I didn't even realize that I had to do any of this work that I'm currently doing on myself. So every single trauma, or let me use a different phrase, but like every overwhelming life experience that I had was just pushed down. Dude, I would smoke so much weed that I would be numb to the world, mm -hmm. like legit numb to the world. Same. And I mean, I functioned at a very high level. Obviously you could read my resume. Like it, I, I performed even while high. So it wasn't like it was any sort of detrimental in that aspect, but it was helping me numb out. It really, really was helping me numb out. So again, in short, dude, I just really put my head down and just like bucked up. This is this right here. The Matt that you're talking to now is an individual that's working on that inner stuff more so than I ever did. Was, was yeah. there like a, a, any single moment, epiphany moment, or maybe rock bottom moment that was like, okay, today it changes or thinking back, is it kind of a, uh, it was it kind of just like this one year was, you know, what, I'm, I'm always curious, like when people are like, fuck this, I'm going to turn my life around. Is it like you hit the bottom and bounced up or was it like you were down there for a while and then it was kind of like up and down and up and down and up and down and slowly going up, I guess. So I actually have, and I, I've had many pivot moments. Um, and I think we all Same. do. Yeah. yeah. I think we, I think we all do. I'll give you two though. One where I really started to turn my life around in regards to the fact that I thought money was going to heal me. I don't know if you guys ever thought that. Um, but I mean, I kind of grew, my, my parents are both middle-class, upper middle-class. Uh, they do, both do really good professionally, but yet they would complain about money. And mm -hmm. it was always confusing to me. So I, I subconsciously, not consciously, but subconsciously thought that if I went out and made a shit ton of money, all of my problems would be gone. And my problems at the time of me having that mindset were my mother was battling cancer. Um, this is right after I tore my labrum. All of this shit was going wrong in my life. So that's, that's what I was doing, dude. I was hustling. And then all of a sudden I failed out of college and I was like, fuck, I didn't get accepted into any of the colleges I wanted to go to because I wasn't playing baseball anymore. And the community college I was attending, I just failed out because I was smoking so much weed, cutting class in which I could never do because I went to private school. You can't cut class in private school. Your parents are going to get a phone call. Um, all of that shit was going wrong. And I remember taking some time off from school. I was sitting in my buddy's restaurant. He was a managing partner and the chef of a restaurant. And we were just smoking weed and fucking watching YouTube videos. And I'm like, dude, I saw this YouTube video. You guys are going to laugh at this, but this really helped me change shit. Uh, it was the first time I discovered Gary V and the okay. only thing, the only thing in that video that resonated with, with me at that point was him saying legacy over currency. Like that was it. Mm -hmm. Legacy over currency, three words. And I was like, yo, I, I need to fucking create a legacy, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just so worried about making money that like, I didn't, dude, I, I don't even remember. I'm so blacked out of my mom's experience with cancer. Like, I don't even remember it. I, I don't mm. remember anything. That's how numbed out I was. It's crazy but, that your body does that to you. Yeah, man. That, that was, that was one. Right. And that's when I really turned the ship around. I got myself back in college. I was saving more money and I always saved money. Um, but like, I really, really had my head on there and that's when college and stuff started to take off. But then in regards to this emotional work, this really deep work, it was, uh, like I said earlier, just the relationship June of 2020, where 
Um, I was dating a nurse, amazing woman, as mentioned, still love her to this day. I think she's an incredible, incredible woman, but she never tended to her hurt. She was very hurt, uh, still is very hurt and just literally took it out on me as if I was the one that inflicted the pain on her. And that was my wake up call for everything that I was feeling anxiety wise, just just really weird feelings, man. And that, that really made me want to turn the ship around. And I, that's when I said to myself, all right, enough's enough, dude, like go into therapy, like j- just do it. And I did. And ever since mm-hmm. it's been, it's been a magical journey of just peeling back those layers and more and more gets undis- uh, discovered each week and uh, you know, riding that wave. Yeah, man, it's wild. Like a couple of things. One, I'm with you. Like, you know, I talked to my girlfriend about my, my childhood in a lot of ways and do a lot of it. I don't remember, you know, like a lot of it I've, I've completely blacked out and I've had, uh, even in my adult life, like I've had anxiety attacks that lasted numerous days and I, I have no recollection of those days at all. So when we get like hyper aroused, we go into that hyper aroused state, anxiety gets really high. And especially when we're supplementing with drugs, trying to fix it in ways that like aren't conducive, dude, I don't remember years of my life. And I know I could dig it up, but I'm afraid to dig it up without help. So I was like, okay, well, I need therapy because I want to work through that. But like, I don't know what I'm going to find. And you'll probably relate to this. Like, dude, you start digging, you just keep on finding more shit, dude. It just gets deeper and deeper. And you're right. I agree with you that there are multiple, there may, there may be like few rock bottom moments in our lives, but there are absolutely multiple pivotal moments where we decide that we can do better and that we're going to change. And um, I had a similar experience last year, man, where like I saw somebody's actions that I didn't like, like I didn't like how they were impacting my friends. I didn't like how they were impacting me. And then I had this moment of like, dude, I got my own shit that I, I probably do some of that shit too. And it sparked this entire new journey of like, more self-discovery, digging deeper, trying to learn how to be a better person. Um, And yeah, man, that shit's hard. But to do that and to like continuously be finding more and more and more can be overwhelming, man. Oh, without a doubt, man. Um, I I remember saying at one point to myself that I, I, it's not, and don't take this in a suicidal way, but I I just said to myself, like, I, I kind of don't want to be on that ride. You know, like, Mm -hmm. and obviously, listen, if you have really big goals in life, whatever they may be, you know, you you have to be ready for the really big falls too. Um, And I said to myself, dude, what do you care about more? Do you care about how you feel in the low moments or do you care about making the best of your life? Mm -hmm. Um, And we can go spiritual woo-woo here. Maybe we have more than one. Who knows? I I don't know if we have more than one life, but I know like right now I only have one. I want to make the most of it. You know, so uh, I, I vividly remember myself saying that to a friend is like, yo, like, I just don't want to experience those low lows, man, because it's not fun. And you don't want to keep discovering more. You don't want to at times. And I'm speaking mm-hmm. for myself. I didn't want to keep discovering more because, like you said, it, it does get overwhelming and it almost feels like you don't get a break. But at times I've yes. definitely felt like I've had a break. I, I do feel like at times I've had a break and I, I think I've had one for about a year. So like this turbulence that I've been feeling over the past few weeks is kind of due, you know? Mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's, it, dude, it's similar to any endeavor, right? Success in any endeavor is going to come with ebbs and flows. And so this one, it, it's a little bit closer to home because it's literally our home. It's us. It's things we've experienced. And so when we're in it, dude, it can feel like a lot, but success in any endeavor comes with ebbs and flows, your fitness, your business, your, your mental health, your self-love, like all of that, you're going to be in the thick of it. And you're going to be like hustling to try to get something done. And then there's going to be times where you're cruising. So like being able to balance those burners, I think is, is helpful. And I don't know if you've experienced the same thing when you're building your business or or everything else that you've been doing, like ebbs and flows, man, you got to just be able to ride the wave. Yeah, I think uh, that's a great point you make there. Uh, I had a gentleman named Dan Millman. Have you guys ever watched The Peaceful Warrior? It's a movie. No, somebody just showed showed this to me and I I haven't watched it yet. Yo, you guys need to watch this. Uh, Listen, you need to watch it. Yeah, you need to watch it more than once. Um, But the reason I bring it up, this gentleman, he just put out a new book. He was on my show and uh, he said something to me that I loved, which you just said. He's like, you just need to learn how to surf life's waves. 
Like as simple as that. Some waves are going to be way bigger than others, as as we've been alluding to this entire episode, and some are just going to be a little bit more calm. Um, but that's it, man. You know, just learn how to surf those waves. And I think one thing that I just want to add to all of this is like, although life, um, as we've discussed, life is going to, you know, you're, you're going to have those moments of just streamline, coasting, doing your thing, and then you're going to have the highs, you're going to have those lows. But one thing that's really important is to make sure that the, that low doesn't get too low, right? And I don't know if you guys can resonate with this, but I've had moments where my lows just kept spiraling down and down and down and mm-hmm. down, and I never caught them. You know why? Because I always just gave into the fact that this was the way my life was supposed to be. And I, I would just accept it and accept it in a, in, in a sense, like you do need to accept whatever it is you're experiencing. Otherwise you'll feel resistance, but I accepted it. And I was just like, all right, kind of just like I backed away and I kind of just like became victim more mm-hmm. than anything. Um, and that led me to lower places than where I could have stopped it. So as mentioned recently, I've been going through some shit and about, a week and a half, two weeks ago on a Sunday night, I had a call with a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends, a mentor of mine. And that conversation, I was like, all right, this is the, this is as low as I'm going to go. Like, I am not going to go lower than this point. And ever since things have been better, you know, yep. so it's important to catch yourself. It, it really is. And that what you just said is really important. And I want people to like really hear that is if you're continuing to go lower, like you're, you're kind of allowing it in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And, you know, years ago, I had a, a series of like a, a few pretty rough years, lots of surgeries, lots of things going wrong. Same thing. And I kept on like, I wasn't like passively allowing it, but I wasn't actively fighting against it. And I kept on telling myself, you know, like something would happen. I'd be like, oh, I could be worse. You know, it could be worse. Thought I was being positive. Could be worse because it could. There's people out there who had it way worse than I did. And uh, finally, dude, 2017, um, pretty rough year. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. It's going to get better. I was like, I am like right now, this is it. It is going to get better. I'm not like, no, no more of this shit's happening. And it did. And like the most simple mindset shift made all the difference. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that really quickly. Cause I think that's a really important point. If you're continuing to spiral lower and lower, it's cause you're allowing it. If you're continuing to spiral higher and higher, it's cause you're feeding it. So like focus on where your energy goes and that's what's going to happen to you. But I also wanted to touch on what you said about like riding the wave, right? So yeah, life's going to throw us waves. Some are going to be bigger than others. Some are going to be small. They're all going to take us somewhere. But every now and then you catch a wave that's like a great opportunity. And you got to keep your eye out for those. So like what I like about your story is you had an interaction with Damon John of Shark Tank. And to me, I see that. I'm like, that's a big fucking wave. So you made, you, you had an opportunity to make a connection. Was that like the start of a pivot in your life or were you kind of moving up towards that beforehand? I was, I was moving up toward that beforehand. And that was kind of a reward or result of the pivot that I was telling you about in regards to just changing my life after having that Gary or hearing that Gary V line. Mm -hmm. And Basically, after that, man, I put myself back in college. Uh, I graduated with my two-year degree. I, I'm on the seven-year plan that only gives a four-year degree, so I should have a doctorate. I don't. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> basically, I, I went back to school, and then I went to a college, man. Uh, and I'm listen. I'm very, very grateful. I've been blessed with many of opportunities in my life. Uh, I've worked with hip hop artists. I've worked with pop stars, reality stars, um, Real Housewives, all of that type of shit. And I was in New York City nightlife, as you could imagine, just like, you, you know, you're, you're around these people, you're booking these people. So I go to this college, man. And I mean, the kids there, or sorry, not the kids, but the men and women there that were attending the school, they, I just looked at them and like, we had conversations and I just knew they didn't have the opportunities that I had in life. And I said to myself, I want to help change that. Like, I literally wanted to help change that for them. Like, I, I don't know what came over me. And I said that, and I'll never forget. I, I expressed the interest of helping that happen on this college campus to a professor. And I literally started crying as I said it, because I just couldn't believe that there was such a difference in our lives. And we're all different, but that really led me down a, you know, more of a leadership path uh, in a positive direction with 
this school, the programs that were there, so on and so forth. And it led me to um, receiving a phone call one year when I was in Dominican Republic. I was on spring break my junior year. I'll never forget it. I was probably smoking a joint and, and sipping a drink laying on the beach. And I receive a call from my college. And I, I, I vividly remember looking at my phone and saying to myself, why the fuck are they calling me? I know I paid my tuition. <laughs> like I paid my tuition myself. There was like, there, there was no reason for them to be calling me. And the woman on the other end of the line, I did accept that call. And I definitely got banged out by, by Verizon for that. But um, the woman's like, hey, man, you want to meet Damon John on campus in one week? And I was like, fuck, like, you, you know me so well, you don't even need to ask. But the answer was yes. <laughs> So basically he was, he grew up in the neighborhood in which my college was. So he had a connection there and he was coming to promote his book at the time, which was called power of broke. And I, I, I jumped on it. I was one of three students to meet him. In fact, I was the last person to shake his hand in the green room before he hit the stage. And I, <laughs> I shook his hand. He looked at me like I had 10 heads and he was like, dude, what the hell do they teach you here how to break people's hands? So I'm six foot five. He's, he's a lot smaller than me. <laughs> so, you know, like it was good vibes off the bat. And by the end of our five minute conversation, which was interrupted by a whole bunch of pictures, um, I looked at him. I said, Damon, I'm going to work for you just like that. Now here's the crazy, this is where the story gets really crazy. And this is where things really align for us in life in some ways. Or, I mean, they do in all ways, actually. But after the event, I brought my mentor with me. He didn't go to my school. So he was sitting in the back of the auditorium. I was, you know, the theater, whatever you want to call it. I was sitting in the front row. And after the event, I meet up with my my mentor in the middle. Um, and we're, we're just talking. We're the last two to leave the theater, or so we think. Out of my peripheral vision, I see a gentleman that looks like Santa Claus. Literally, looks like Santa Claus. And I'm saying to myself, you know, fucking Santa's not here. So I'm looking harder and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he just looks so familiar to me. And my buddy's like, oh, that's George Barnes. You know, he's, he's in nightlife. Uh, you've probably met him in passing. Lo and behold, I have a conversation with this guy, George, and we're, we're going back and forth. Great guy, really great guy, became a mentor of mine. And I didn't know he worked with Damon John. What are the chances? So a connection I had um, essentially... George was the one that helped me get my foot in the door for an interview, which became an internship, later a job, so on and so forth. So that's that story, man. It's uh, pretty crazy how that happened. Yeah, I want to I want to kind of beat the uh, surfing analogy, um, beat the surfing analogy to death or beating a dead horse, whatever the <laughs> whatever the whatever the saying is. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of when you were telling that story, because that's like just such a perfect example of that. So mm -hmm. um I think a lot of people like using the surfing analogy, a lot of people, a big wave comes, let's say like a big wave, you know, is like a big opportunity and they're scared. They don't think mm -hmm. that they can do it. They can't, they don't know how to surf a wave like that. So they like turn it down or they don't answer the call or they're like, well, you know, I, what do I have to offer? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. They don't, they don't say yes. Cause it's scary. Um, and then those are, going to generally be the people who also just get crushed by the, the big waves of bad opportunities. So someone who's like an actual surfer, they learn how to like read the ocean and they feel like they have to have like supreme confidence dropping in on a big wave that they're going to be able to handle it, even if they, mm -hmm. and then when they do fall and they get slammed by this wave, they know how to hold their breath underwater. They know how to like go limp. It's kind of like a perfect analogy to, to me. It makes a lot of sense. So like you're somebody who I'm sure maybe you had those thoughts like, fuck, why would he want to meet with me? What, what do I have to offer? What's, you know, I'm just, a, I'm, I think that all the time. Like, I'm just a, like, what do I have to bring? But I always say yes, no matter what. And I'm like, fuck it. If I show up and it's a, it's a train wreck, whatever, I'll deal with it. Um, so I'm always very curious about this. Like, is that something that you're like born with? Or like, how do we learn how to uh, surf mm -hmm. in this, in this analogy? Like, how do you get the confidence yeah. to like do that? Yeah, it's a great question, man. Um, I'm just going to be honest. I had no clue what the fuck I was doing. Uh, <laughs> like, I, straight up, I had no clue what the fuck I was doing, even when I started interning. Dude, I couldn't even get an internship, right? Because I owned a business, quote unquote. I was an independent contractor. Whenever I would submit my resume to a place, they would deny me. They're like, why, why would you want to work? You know, as an intern, not get paid. I've never had an internship. I had no clue what I was getting into. 
legit, no clue. So when I went to have that conversation with Damon, was I nervous? Without a doubt. I, I will openly admit the fact that I was nervous. Was I high? Potentially. I might've smoked before the event, um, which would have helped calm my nerves. And no, I'm not saying that I suggest doing that, but ultimately dude, I think I kind of just let shit take over me in a sense, you know, um, you ever say something to someone and it kind of just like comes out without you thinking about it. Like if you ever told a girl, I, I just told a girl, I love her. And it just like came out and I was just like, oh shit. Like I didn't even think I was going to say that. It just like fucking came out. That's kind of what I'm relating this to dude. Like everything kind of just happened after I showed up, mm -hmm. you know, like the words, literally the words to Damon, I'm going to work for you. And by the way, after working with him, I can't even tell you how many people tell him that shit, you know, like, <laughs> like he gets that all the fucking time. So that's why he's looking at me. Like I have 10 heads. I have one really big head, but he's looking at me like I got 10 <laughs> dude. Truthfully, I just showed up and I just let it flow. Yeah. I'm sure. And listen, dude, when I first got hired with him, I would sit in meetings with my team. And this is a really small team. Um, I would be scared as fuck. My heart would be beating out of my chest. I'm like, am I going to get reprimanded? Like I had no clue what the fuck I was doing. Ultimately, I think you just got to fucking, you know, try to stand up on the surfboard, fall down. I can't tell you how many times I fucked up, but kind of like what you were saying, Trav, like, you know, you show up and if it blows up in your face, you kind of just deal with that. Uh, I think it's a muscle, you know, and the more and more you try to put your uh, put yourself in situations where you're able to build that muscle, it grows more and more. Uh, is it uncomfortable? Without a doubt. Uh, I don't necessarily have advice on, you know, how to deal with the uncomfortable shit because I'm still doing that. Um, but I show up anyway, you know, and I think that's just the the baseline is just show up anyway, regardless of how you feel, how nervous you are, how unqualified you may think if you have the opportunity to show up you have that opportunity for a reason and in some opportunities you need to show up and just listen in other opportunities you might need to show up and talk that's totally for you to gauge and judge but ultimately baseline show up and let the rest flow yeah i think mm -hmm. like these opportunities come up all the time for everybody and the people who aren't having opportunities it's because they just don't have their eyes open like they're not paying attention and they don't say yes and i think like it literally you know the best time for you to start taking advantage of these things and getting those reps in would have been when you were in high school and the second best time is right now like just start paying mm -hmm. attention and just start you know if you're trying to figure out how to you know turn your shit around and get better like this is a this is one of the biggest things is like saying yes to these opportunities that are coming up and showing up and just being willing to mm -hmm. absolutely fail. Like mm -hmm. it could be a little thing, like um, an example for me, something that failed my first job out of college. Um, I got this job at like this big um, like insurance and investment, like corporation, no idea what I was doing. Didn't really like, you know, it was, it was, it was an all right job. But at one point they asked me to give a presentation to like, a, a huge, a huge audience, a huge group of people. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And it went, it went horribly. It sucked. <laughs> it was, it I was borderline <laughs> traumatizing. Cause I just like, wasn't prepared. Didn't know what I was doing. Wasn't like, it was just, it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, but I played it off as best I could. And I walked out and like, you know, we kind of laughed about it. And then I started being like, I, I want to get a little bit better at like speaking in front of people. And so I started like practicing that, you know what I mean? Like, and now, you know, I'm still not amazing at, 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 at speaking, but I'm better than I was then. And it's, a, you know, it's a good, it's a good skill to have. So it's like, you know, you kind of have to just be willing to like, just fucking send it basically. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, listen, you bring up a good point. I had, uh, I've been working with the coach and he said something to me the other day that I really liked. He was like, listen, why do NFL, and I'm going to use NFL because the Super Bowl, but he was like, why do NFL teams practice? And I thought about it and I was like, just thinking about it, you know, it's kind of right. ingrained in me. Like that's just kind of natural. <laughs> They're right? professionals. Like, why would they practice? Yeah. I'm talking about practice. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of part of the job, you know, like you're, you're taught that as a kid. And then I said to myself, all right, he was like, why do they really practice? And then I thought about it. I'm like, if you went out there and you told Joe Burrow to run XYZ shotgun, fucking whatever, dude, if everyone wasn't on the same page and this is, you know, a team analogy in a sense, but like, if people didn't know what they needed to do on that play, including yourself, it would, you know, kind of be fucked up. You need to practice that over and over. So again, mm -hmm. it, it goes back to the repetition of it being a muscle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that, Trev. They also would I, suck if they didn't practice. Like it doesn't matter yeah, that they're professionals. Like no one knows what they're they doing. They would get absolutely demolished by people who do practice. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like <laughs> it doesn't matter how good you are at something. If you don't practice at it consistently, you eventually will not be that good at it anymore. It's just of the 100%. way it works. And let's be clear, like practice is just reps. Yeah. That's all yeah. it is. It's just reps. So like replace the word practice with reps. You just need reps. You just yeah. need reps. And sometimes dude, in practice, I bet shit goes wrong all the time. I used to like playing growing up. You grew up playing baseball, Matt. Like I grew up playing baseball too. It was my sport. Dude, shit went wrong all the time, but shit goes wrong in practice. So it doesn't go wrong in the game. And in life, sometimes you get get big games and little games, like big waves and little waves. And you really don't want to fuck up big waves. You're still going to, but the more you practice, the more reps you get, the better you're going to get at it and the better chance you're going to have to succeed. I think some people are just stuck in the, the mindset of like, they're just stuck. They're just stuck and they're, they're, they're not taking advantage of opportunities as they're presented to them. Like Travis said, their eyes are closed. So like, I think people just got to open their eyes and they just got to take action and not be afraid no matter how messy it is. Well, here's the thing. And I'm going to throw this out there and I, I, I'm on the fence about this. So I don't want people that are listening or, or you gentlemen to think that I'm a hundred percent concrete on this. But I've asked the question on my show numerous times, and I'm going to tell you how this relates in a second, but I've asked maybe two to three times if everyone on earth is meant to heal, right? And I wanted to see what these people would say. And the reason I bring this up is because I'm not sure everyone on earth is meant to open their eyes, right? Uh, I think there are levels to to life in a sense. And this is crazy. I had a conversation when I was out on a date recently with this girl and I don't know how we went down this, this rabbit hole, but I said to myself, all right, I looked at the example of individuals trying to cross the border into America. And I said to myself, can these individuals get rich? Do they have the opportunity to do so? Yes. But is it more realistic for individuals, maybe you know, their great, great grandchildren to get rich in America? And the answer to that is yes, in my opinion, right? So the reason I say all of this is because I don't necessarily think just because you have the opportunity to open your eyes that you're meant to. Uh, And that might be a really deep conversation. Again, I'm on the fence about this. I don't know how I feel. I've been asking the question. I would love your thoughts on that. But I, I truthfully don't think just because you have the opportunity to do it, everyone's meant to do it. Dude, that's a, that's a interesting question. And I don't know how I feel about that either. Have man. you, have you, uh, have you heard of the book, the millionaire next door, or have you read the yeah. book, the millionaire next door? I have not. I have um, not. so it's, it's interesting because there's, there's kind of like two, two different things that you said, that you said there. So this is a really interesting book, um, that you should check out. And it's basically the only and biggest slash most comprehensive study on millionaires in America. Um, Mm. I don't, I can't remember if it's like in the world or if it's just in America. And um, one of the biggest things that's just stuck out to me is like this kind of, basically uh, they busted a myth that people who are rich in this country inherited wealth and then like invested it or they inherited, inherited wealth. Um, And what they found is that I think it's like 85% of millionaires are immigrants that basically came from nothing. And that right. the majority of people, the majority of individuals that inherit money, like lose everything. <laughs> and it's the kind of the, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of the, like, um, it's the, it's like the lottery curse, the curse of the lottery. Most people that lose the lottery, like all you had to do was make, buy a couple houses in Denver and you would be fine, but no, you blew everything. And then you're like on the street, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and so I don't know the answer. I don't, I honestly don't. That's a really interesting question. It's, it's a, that was just the first thing that I thought of is like, but I don't think that necessarily everybody is, is able necessarily to do it. And I don't know what the reason is that because they're not meant to, I don't know, but definitely it's an, it's an interesting book that kind of highlights that. And that, no, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. That also kind of goes into, or no, go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, I think in some ways, like our society requires people who are able to and unable to open their eyes. Like, you know, we, we need 
we need workers of all types. We need entrepreneurs. We need visionaries, but we also need like employees. Yep. And totally. Yeah. So I, I, I like, I think it is important to the success of our society that we have different levels of, uh, of individuals who are like willing to open their eyes, willing to take chances, willing to like put it all on the line. And then other people who are like, no, I'd rather like take the safe route. I want to work a nine to five. I want consistency. Um, I think we need that. I agree wholeheartedly, right? There, there's that's why I'm on the fence about it because I, I don't know. Um, I, I truthfully don't know, and I teeter back and forth between the two all the time. Um, and I've I've asked therapists this question. I, I actually asked it yesterday in a different form. Have you guys seen The Secret? I've never seen it, by the way. No. I've never, yeah, I've never seen The Secret. It's supposedly a really big movie that came out in 06, but um, I had a couple of the individuals that were in the movie on my show, and I had one yesterday, and I asked him that question, and, and he gave me his his take. And it it's just really interesting to hear people's takes on that type of stuff because, I mean, I, I know so many people, and I'm, I'm going to go off the, you know, is everyone meant to heal? Because that's really the question I ask. And I hear so many different takes and I know so many people in my life that know they need to do some type of work on themselves, but choose not to. And that's yeah. what makes me go Dude, on the other side. I know of so things. many people like that too. Yo, so I was like that for a long time. Like personally, like very candidly, I was like that for a long time. I didn't know how much healing I had to do. I was, I was burying it. And it wasn't until one of my most recent epiphanies that I was like, shit, dude, I got a lot of work to do and I want to do a lot of that work. But man, once I started doing that work, I was like, dude, ignorance is kind of bliss, you know, like, (laughs) like it doesn't make me a better person, but like it is, it's easier to just ignore your problems. And that, yeah, they, they, they like at the time they for sure manifest like grow themselves into way bigger problems down the road but i think in the moment dude it's much easier just to like brush it off bury it put it aside and i think that's what a lot of people do so you know i think you might you might want like we might want everyone to heal but is it possible i don't know yeah, man. I think that's uh, that's part of the question, too. Uh, I think if everyone did heal, we, we wouldn't necessarily be in this world that we're living in. A, a mm-hmm. really corrupt, and without getting political here, just like, there's a lot of shit going on in this world, man. Totally. You know, and, and that's without a doubt. And I think uh, I mean, listen, I would love for everyone to hear, you know, heal their childhood trauma, heal their heart after a heartbreak, because you wouldn't have, yeah, you wouldn't have assholes. You know, I drive mm-hmm. in New York City, I get the fucking horn held down on me <laughs> if I don't go when the green light turns. I'm like, yo, if the world healed, man, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going through that stress, but dude, come it's, to just really in- <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really interesting take, you know, so you know, I, I just throw it out there for you guys to think about, you know, I think it's, uh, it's just something that's really interesting to me. I think that's it kind of depends weird. on like how big we're, we're talking. Like, I think everybody's probably has the ability to like heal a little bit or, you know, improve a little bit. But I think if you're talking like, you know, CEO, like if you're talking like successful entrepreneur CEO, no, I don't think that everybody has the ability to do Agreed. that. And I think that's because not everybody wants to do that. You have to Agreed. really want that thing more than anything else in the world. And like, I know tons of people who are just like not interested in that at all. They're not even, you know, they, all they want to do is, um, you know, work for somebody else and have like a chill life. And that's totally fucking awesome. If that's what you want, you should go after, you should do whatever you want. And so I think that that, that's a big part of it. I think a lot of people just don't want to. And I think right. maybe that's the issue with like healing trauma as well. Like I think a lot of people don't want to, whether they just mm-hmm. don't realize that it's not possible or they're addicted to the stress or they're addicted to the attention that they, they get from that's constantly having problems. I don't know yeah. what it is, but I think a lot, you know, I think pretty much whatever you like really, really want, I think that you can, I think anybody can achieve what they really want and if whatever really you want, want is what you're going to get more or 100%. Less, you know? Yeah. I can go down that rabbit hole for days, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that shit gets deep. Same, that shit man. gets so deep, man. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to throw something else else in there. Um, it's it's really interesting because the gentleman I spoke to yesterday, he he said that if you don't awaken to a certain extent, actually, he didn't say to a certain extent. He said, if you don't awaken in this lifetime, your soul will continue to come back. 
and continuously have to go through those battles and not battles, but journey until you do fully awaken and then you could be at peace. Hmm. And he's a, he's a doctor of metaphysics. So his, you know, his realm could be a little woo woo. It's, it's obviously not an, uh, an accredited um, realm right now, but yeah, man, that, that's, that's another thing. I was just like, damn, you know, like, fuck, you know, maybe, maybe that's why we're here. Well, what is the purpose of life is the purpose mm-hmm. to, to heal everything that we've previously been through and beyond, because obviously trauma could be generational. Um, you know, our desires to be CEO could be generational. If you see your parents struggle, maybe you want to strive for even more. Mm-hmm. So just, just more fuel to the fire. Cause that topic goes really deep. Yeah, man, it does. And, uh, you know, to me, once I realized that I had more healing, every time I realize I have more healing to do, I'm like, oh, I want to get better because I, I like getting better at things. Like, I, yeah. I would like to be really good at being a human. Like, I think that's probably one of the best things that we can be. Anybody can be really good at is being a really good human. So I want to do that. Um, and, you know, if I'm able to be a better human, then I'm a better boyfriend. I'm a better partner. I'm a better son. I'm a better brother, or a better friend. Like, I'm all of these, I'm a better business owner, better entrepreneur, like everything becomes better. So I want to learn how to get better in a lot of ways. I think when we realize that we have growth to do, that we have growth to go through, that we have something to work through. Um, you know, one of the questions that always comes up is like, how do we get started? Like number one, I think you have to really want it but you also have to be willing to take action. So my question is like, what comes first? Do we have to be in the right frame of mind to want, accept and pursue growth? Or do we just have to say like, fuck it, dude, just like book a call with a therapist, like whatever the first step is. Uh, In my personal journey, Josh, I mean, it really came down to knowing that I needed it. Like that, that was first for me, knowing that I needed it. And then obviously the action came about. So like, I knew that I did not want to feel the way that I kept feeling. And that told me that I needed help. Uh, For me personally, when I feel anxiety, I get lightheaded. I don't feel anything else, but lightheaded. Really? I don't have an iron deficiency. My blood work comes back. Good. Don't get me wrong. I eat a lot of cheese. My cholesterol is a little high, but whatever. Um, Ultimately, I just get lightheaded and I don't like that feeling. So I said to myself, all right, enough's enough with that. You know, you need help to address this. That was number one for me. Number two was being open to experiencing the things that could potentially be causing it. And that right there, as Travis mentioned, I think is where people get caught up. Even if you do know you need it, I just feel like people don't want to relive that. It's hard. You have to relive that to be able to move through it and for it to move through you. Otherwise you can, you continue to store that in your body and it shows up in different ways. Either it shows up as fights and rage and and whatever else with your significant other. And then you go through a divorce and you're fucking both splitting. And that's a pain in the ass. I can tell you from a, a child perspective, maybe it shows up in some sort of like health issue Ultimately, in short, man, if I were to put it in any steps, it's number one, knowing you need it. Number two, like just understanding like what you're going to face. And then three would be taking the action because um, people obviously don't take action before they know what they're going to face. I mean, maybe I did because I didn't know what I was going to continue to uncover or what was bothering me truly deep down because it was so far suppressed. But um, that's what it is, man, for me, at least. Yeah, I think, you know, I... I have, I, I think everybody like finds the right therapist. I finally found mine after like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I definitely started that before I like really knew what I needed. I was just like, you know what? Therapy is good for people. I'm a supporter. I like working on my mental health. Like, I'm just going to like see what we find. Right. And right. dude, I was, <laughs> I like, wasn't ready for it. Right. Um, but you know, you talk about being willing and open to facing and reliving the traumas or the things that you experienced in your younger years that have like led to the trauma that you're experiencing now. And what I've noticed having gone through this like numerous times with many different situations, many different traumatic experiences is that when we think of reliving those traumas, we think of them with the brain and the frame of mind that we had when we endured them Mm. and we're not that person anymore. So like 
I had a lot of trauma when I was 15, 16 years old. And, you know, when I think about reliving that, I think about it from my 15, 16 year old self, but through therapy, through the psychedelic assist therapy that we've been talking about with ketamine and, and psilocybin and all these things. And even just as we are as adults, dude, we're not those people anymore. So when we go back and we go through those traumatic experiences again, yeah, it's emotional. Yeah. It's going to bring up old thoughts, old memories and old feelings, and yeah, your brain is going to almost want to think of those and remember them from that time when you were that 15, 16 year old, when I was that 15, 16 year old boy. And that was incredibly painful, but I'm 32, man. I'm like, I, I, I can think logically, I can separate myself from emotion and I can go through those experiences in ways that are helpful because now I can think logically. And when I do, I don't know if you have a similar experience, but like, if I'm reliving a traumatic experience from my childhood and I've grown to the point where I can think logically and I can like separate myself from my younger self, man, more than anything, I'm just sad that I didn't have the support that I can give myself now. I so like, that. I'm sad for that 15 year old version of me. Like, like that's what I, I, I feel. It's like, I feel upset that it did that, that version, we didn't have what he, what he needed. And so now I'm like, okay, well that, per, that 15, 16 year old version of myself is still inside of me. I can still feel him when I experience anxiety, frustration, anger, all these different emotions. But now I'm able to support that version of myself and give him the support that he didn't have when he was that age. So it's like, that's the connection that I'm trying to make. And you know, yeah, it's hard to go through those traumatic experiences again and relive them, but you're not that person anymore. So if you're afraid to go through that, understand that you are not that person anymore. You can think logically you've grown and you can help that person. Right. A hundred percent. Here's the thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually about to start this. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this modality of therapy, but therapy is meant to be your friend, right? It's not meant to hurt you or harm you. Could it be emotional? Yes. Um, for anyone that might be listening or for, for you gentlemen, if this applies, but there's a, a modality of therapy called EMDR. Have you guys tried yes. that? It's, it's honestly the, the, the like similarities between EMDR and psychedelic assisted therapy, like psilocybin, very, very similar. It's fascinating. Interesting. So I haven't tried it. Um, I'm go my first session is next Wednesday. It's really expensive. It ain't covered by my insurance. So I'm like, all right, I guess I got to do this because what you were just mentioning, um, it, it's really freaking powerful because I personally have experiences that I continuously relive, not by choice, but by mechanics of my brain, mm -hmm. by mechanics of my brain. So I'll give you an example. Have you guys ever been to North Dakota? I have. Yes. Driven through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God bless. Weird, um, right? <laughs> no, I have too, but I was going to tell you guys not to go. <laughs> Sorry, North Dakota, but uh, long story short, dude, I was going there for a speaking engagement and dude, I was so stressed. I got stuck in Chicago the night before I couldn't get to North Dakota. I was bugging the fuck out. Like I, I was by myself bugging out and my anxiety was high. Stress was high. I, to this day have issues with driving on the highway because of that. My brain, sure. and this is why I bring it up. My brain mechanically thinks that it's automatically danger go into fight or flight. So instantly as I'm doing it, I then go into panic. And that's why I bring up EMDR because again, therapy is meant to be your friend. It's not meant to scare anyone or hurt anyone. Yes. Could it be deep? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, I'm glad you brought that up about EMDR and the similarities between psychedelics. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, dude, I, I experienced the same thing, man. I think that's, I, I don't think that's uncommon. Uh, that like mechanical switch where everybody's got triggers, right? Everybody's got triggers of a traumatic experience that they went through. And I experienced the same exact thing. I was just talking to my girlfriend about it. We've been working through it, both us together and in therapy. But like there's situations that arise and normal situations that like everybody should be able to handle. And instantly she was like, what do you feel when that happens? My girlfriend asked me this and I was just like, panic. And I said that word. And so when you said that word, I was like, shit, dude, I do that too. It was just instant panic. And 
it's for sure something that I can, should, and want to be able to control, but man, got to work through that and got to work through the experience and like take your body, remove your body from fight or flight. So for me, yeah, therapy, psychedelic assisted therapy has been massively helpful. Um, my mother actually does EMDR and that's how I realized there was some, there was so many similarities because she was telling me about it and I was telling her about psychedelic assisted therapy and we were like, so this sounds like a lot of the same thing. And it was just super interesting. So I'm, I'm excited to hear how it works for you, man. That's fascinating. I want to point something out, Josh and uh, Travis. I, I think you touched on this as well. I just want to point out how incredible it is that your woman in your life is willing and able to work with you through these things. Yeah, because from my experience in the past, I've personally been in a relationship where I felt like I was being looked down upon because I was experiencing some of this stuff. And mm -hmm. this ties everything into a, a nice pretty bow because men for many years, especially gentlemen around our age, dude, like this is kind of where shit comes up for us. Mm -hmm. You know, like we, we do feel the pressure of society. We do feel like we need, and whether you get over that or not, that's, that's a whole other story. But ultimately I bring this up because Josh, you just mentioned that your woman was able to ask you a question that was very attentive to what you were feeling. And that goes to show that she's not only interested, but also that she's very committed to you. Uh, so I just wanted to point that out. And Travis, I believe you were um, elaborating on, on something similar earlier. So that's a beautiful thing to have. And when you have that, man, that that's really, really great. So I'm glad to hear that. Dude, yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's 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 been um it's been amazing. Um, I've never been in a relationship with someone who like understands mental health struggles the way that she does. And and you know, on one hand, it's like people who understand them usually suffer from them. <laughs> and so we're working together. And I think that that's something that if you're going through something like this, you at least need someone who's willing to learn and understand and like help in some way. So um, I'm very grateful. I appreciate you bringing you uh, pointing that out, man. A hundred percent. I mean, maybe I was wrong about Travis because his girl did leave him for Vegas on Valentine's Day. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing around. but it was I'm for Shania messing. Twain, dude. Yeah, no, it's, that's worth it. Totally worth it. No, oh, I think um, yeah. what I was kind of what I was getting at before is just the importance of, I think, having those people in your life. I think that's a major that's such a major tool for being able to deal with things is like the people that you have around you and the people that you communicate with. It um, is. Yeah. And, and if you like, if you don't have it, dude, we all have things that we can't talk to like really anybody about except like a therapist. Like if, if you, if you feel like you can talk to everything with everyone, you've either got really good friends or you don't have that much shit like skeletons in your closet. But I think everyone can benefit. So like surround yourself with people who are, will, who are willing to have those hard conversations with you, be willing to have those hard conversations. And like, I don't, it would, you, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody who wouldn't benefit from having a therapist where they can talk to like, talk about with some real shit. For sure. You know, one thing just to add too is like when you do that work on yourself and I know we talked about business sporadically throughout this interview, but like, when you work on yourself, you level up in business too, or you level yeah. up in career too. So like, again, this is like a baseline foundation. When I started to do this work on myself, I realized like I, I made more money. I was able to have deeper conversations like we're having today because I would, I mean, you guys invite me on three years ago. Could I have this conversation potentially, but it would be more surface level and kind of like copied from Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. you know, like <laughs> this is actually me speaking. But uh, yeah, man, you level up in all areas of your life. And it's just like you, you attract different people into your life. So like now we're connected. Uh, th this is a great relationship about to, you know, continuously um, grow. Like it it's really, really incredible to see what happens, you know, as you're working on yourself around you. Mm -hmm. It's also hard to deal with other people's issues if you can't even begin to deal with your own. Like the more that you... Mm -hmm work on yourself, the more empathy I feel like and understanding you have for other people. So instead of like, you know, if you have a crazy family member who, you know, yells at you and shit, it's like, are you just reacting to the yelling and being like, fuck you back? Or are you being like, okay, like where you clearly have a lot of pain. Like I understand that and understanding like the what's coming 
beneath that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. if you don't understand yourself, then it's really hard to understand other people. And it's really easy to react defensively or aggressively when people are coming at you because you don't understand where they're coming from, you know? Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I actually throw a little curveball in there. I think some people that are so numb to themselves actually like to help other people as well. Cause it gives them some sort of feeling, Yeah, but it's not yeah. their feelings. So they accept that they realize that they're like, all right, I could help you with, with what you're experiencing because I'm not experiencing it. And it gives them that little dose of feeling. And regardless of them being so numb to their own shit, it kind of gives them a little life. And I, I've experienced that in the past a little bit with, um, you know, just people in passing. And I'm like, damn, like, I, I know you're numb, but you're so open to help other people. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good it point. It is, man. It is. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I think, you know, I was, to be honest, I had no idea what direction this podcast was going to go in. I was like, yeah. this could go in a business direction. We could start talking about mental health. I'm really happy with the direction that it went because I think this is a really fucking important message, especially to men and men of our age, um, to, to not be afraid to work on yourself and not be afraid to ask for help. And, you know, like Travis said, I think it's important for us to understand where our reactions are coming from. Until we understand that, like, you know, I know every now and then I react like my 15 year old self and I know who that is and I know what I need to do to support that part of me. But without enlisting the help of a, of a licensed therapist, without, you know, the self work, the shadow work that I've done, I wouldn't know that. And I would still be oblivious and ignorant. And I'd still probably come off like an asshole a lot. But I've worked on myself in that capacity. I've worked on myself in my health, my physical health, my physical wellness. You know, it's more than just the gym. It's more than just therapy. It's more than just business. At every point in your life, when you start actively trying to improve your ability to perform something, your ability to connect with people, your ability to grow in physically, mentally, in business, do it. The ripple effect continues on. It expands far outside that one modality. And so, if there is one single, you know, like call to action from this episode it would be to not be afraid to ask for help and, and to, you know, continue to work on yourself and, and help yourself and others. I think this was a, a valuable conversation, man. And I'm glad, I'm glad it went this way. A hundred percent. First and uh, you know, as mentioned earlier, first and foremost, very grateful for this opportunity. You gentlemen are, are great at holding conversation. Um, it felt more conversation than anything else. So <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that we're able to chop it up on this level and very, very grateful for the opportunity, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your sharing your own stories, being as vulnerable as you have been. That's a hard thing to do and something I'm working on myself. So I appreciate it. I look up to you in that regard, man. Um, so thank you. Thank you again for coming on. Before we leave, I know our listeners are going to want to follow you. They're going to want to know where you're at, what you're doing. So give yourself the plug, man. Where can we find you? Yeah, man. I'm on all socials and I appreciate that as well. On all socials, just type in my name, Matt Labrie, and you'll be able to find me. Um, I answer DMs. I answer messages on Facebook, LinkedIn, like wherever people are most comfortable to reach out. I'm, I'm always on them. Maybe I'm on them a little bit too much, but I'm always on them. That's for sure. <laughs> I feel the same way, man. It's just never ending. And every now and then I'll get on it. And I'm like, what was I supposed to be doing? Yeah. I'm just scrolling at this point, yeah. but uh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. We'll put all your links in the show notes. So to everybody listening, you can find Matt's links in the show notes. Go give him a follow reach out to him that like this has been a phenomenal conversation and uh you know i'm excited to keep this relationship going so thank you man for coming on thank you Absolutely. to everybody who's tuned in thank you to everybody who's still listening to uh this another episode of the struggle to strength podcast we will see y'all next week <laughs>